I'm your host, Adam Kasobi-Cannon, and this podcast is brought to you by BriefBid, a platform for agencies and brands to discover new media strategies and plan advertising spend. Let's get started. Quinn, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Adam, how's it going? It's going pretty well, man. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, in, in chatting with you uh, prior to this, we, we found out not only are, are you a farm boy like me, but it was a dairy farm that became a racehorse breeding farm, OG racehorses. Uh, you run a content marketing company, community and company. Uh, you help entrepreneurs you know, leverage their profiles to uh, put out content. And this agency was actually born of an AI startup. With that lead in, I think the question on everybody's mind, how did you get here? I, uh, I guess I got here because I had met uh, Lydia through Tech Toronto and we ran into each other at collision during the rapid fire virtual networking event the you know you have three minutes to talk to people um and then they would immediately boot you to the next person um have you had any conference experiences like that oh in the I, last year and a half yeah and for our listeners for context lydia is the co-founder of brief bid and a delightful woman to work with and yeah i was i actually also attended collision conference and that that lightning round three minutes where you gotta like Hey, what do you do? I do this. What do you do? I do this. Can we make something work here? No? Okay, cool. On to the next one. I, I really like how uh, Collision, well done. You set it up well. I actually really enjoyed it. I was getting delirious by the end and just doing the most. Re- Have you ever seen a... Do you remember Chat Roulette? I do remember Chat, chat Roulette. Have you ever seen the pian- Chat Roulette piano guy? Where, where he, he just, just like... Sing, sing songs? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was doing towards the end of Collision. Like... I grabbed my guitar and was singing songs to the people coming by. So the best networking guest is, is Quinn Lawson, everybody. Keep, <laughs> keep that in mind. But uh, no, I want to want to learn about your journey. How, like, you know, you've your agency life now from startup life. But I like uh, I like knowing about how it all started out. So like you're a farm kid, man. What what was that like defining moment in your childhood that you would say, oh, yeah, this is why I'm in the profession I'm in now? Uh, farm, uh, I guess growing up with a ton of like, let's say blue collar, but entrepreneurial people in my Mm -hmm. life, um, has helped me. I grew up without any satellite or TV until I was maybe like 12 years old. We had one of those antennas, like crazy, like if I was lucky, I could get global and watch the weekenders (laughs) on Saturday morning. At the same time, I love video games and uh, playing Command and Conquer Red Alert. So tech was always kind of cool, too. And so having um, growing up on a farm, I always equate it to being the original entrepreneur. Like my my dad can do a little bit of everything and determination's the most important ingredient, I would say. Yeah. And you need to know some, you know, business, you need to know relationships, you need to do sales, you need to work hard, you need to work off the clock. There is no clock. Um, uh, You know, that's, and you got to like it. The key, you know, you also have to really like doing it too. (laughs) Um, Now, I I love this because, you know, early morning hours of a dairy farm, uh, notwithstanding, you also, you transition to like the horse farm. Is there... 
is there, other than getting kicked by a horse, which I can attest to being one of the most uncomfortable pains in the world, is there like a great failure or mistake you made, either farm life or after that, that you kind of still laugh about? Oh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Secret? I do not I do not really know how to drive a tractor that well. Like I I can drive a, a lawnmower, but I am not I don't know how to drive stick. Like I, I don't know how to drive manual. Still so bad. I I always like I'm the farmer's son, not the farmer. I'm really good at throwing hay bales. You can throw me in like a a, a cow. I don't even know a cow pasture pet pen yeah. and I can clean all the crap out. Like I have no shame when it comes to that. My university job was uh, building concrete, like working for a concrete former. So building pools. So I would show up and it'd be like, here's a sledgehammer. Here's a pry bar. It's like 35 degrees in July. Um, I guess the, one of the defining things is that I need to work exercise is really difficult like i've never exercise was work mm -hmm. and i didn't really play a ton of sports as well so um finding time for i'm going to play soccer tonight and i've never like i haven't kicked a ball since elementary school probably <laughs> yeah no i i feel you there man we had the flagstone basketball court and you couldn't really get a good dribble on because it kept bouncing left and right so uh, I, I will, I will agree with you there. It work was sport most of the time, um, as a kid on a farm. Um, what about kind of farm did you have? We were, uh, you know, grandparents had the, the endurance horse breed, we're endurance horse breeders. So race horses, but they were, uh, uh, an Arabian mix usually with like an American quarter horse. So it was, uh, it was good times. Only things are like only 13, 14 hands high. That's a horse measurement people. We measure in hands. <laughs> yeah, we had, they were standard bred horses. So, yeah. you know, cart racing, harness racing. Nice, nice, nice. Out, out here in Calgary, you'd be very popular. <laughs> um, when you kind of like, when you decided to, I guess, yeah, kind of fell in love with the city. I, I can feel you there. Uh, when you leave farm life, what, what did you say that, you know? I you, always wanted to get, away from the farm i thought i was trapped on the farm and i definitely didn't appreciate it as much because mm -hmm. i was such an i was just so curious about the world um and i still carry that that's probably the right answer to what was the big enduring lesson that i laugh at um the we moved from our family farm the the city had bought it it'd been in my family for like six generations like a long long time wow um and if i went back it was right when i was going into university so i was so preoccupied on getting to western and partying that i didn't like save the artifacts like we we tore the barn apart that my great grandpa built i wish we saved all that wood because yeah. we still had all the land for it and yeah. i'd be able to build something with it in the future to show my future kids if i have kids or whatever <laughs> but yeah i guess i'm very mis nostalgic like i yeah nostalgic and like curious you know like that's 
do, do you feel a, your heritage? Like, do you feel strongly about your heritage? I, uh, so as a, you know, you, you work as a farm kid and you learn a lot the hard way because that's just kind of how you learn. And uh, to, to your point, you know, I, I'm better at being at the top of a hay mow than I am at the driver's seat of a tractor because also just couldn't, could never keep the line straight. And uh, I think when you finally make that transition, when you see the city in comparison to the farm and then you realize it's a value differentiation. I have siblings that still like love the countryside, but for me, I saw the city and I saw opportunity. It was like, like, oh, this is a whole new world entirely. Um, and for me, I always found that it was just a, you had a good, a good mentor or you meet a few kind of like mentors through your course of your professional journey. And you're like, oh, I kind of like aligned to what they're doing. Did you, did you have like something similar, like a professional mentor who you were like, what you, I like, I like your stuff. Yeah, I think, um, so there's a bunch of research around, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and particularly I relate it to mentorship and it's like the most important thing that, that young people, but, but in this case, entrepreneurs need is like to be able to see a reflection in the folks that are ahead of them. Um, and so it did take me having to go. I went out west of Victoria for school um, and it was an entrepreneurship program. And it was like my my professor that gave me all these practical uh, what are effectively internships that I was like, whoa, it is possible. I'm like, you can apply for a patent. Someone like me could apply and get something patented. Those are just not conversations that I grew up with, I yeah. suppose. But it's not like it was a limiting belief. I just, you, I think you just believe it happens elsewhere, and um, and I think that's why cities are really important and walking culture is really important versus driving because you create opportunities to run into different ideas or or meet new people and. And, and things like that too. Yeah, no, exposure as the first step towards education. That's like, it's entirely true. It's like, I wouldn't have thought, I don't know what I don't know. And I can, if I'm exposed to it, I might learn that I could know it. Um, which is like, yeah, kudos, kudos to walking culture too. Like the heel toe express is one of my favorite vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess like that's a figure like walking. It's in the sense of like, when you're in a car, you're kind of caged off. Like everything's like object. There's high intent when you're in a car. You're not yeah. just like, you're like, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to work. I'm going home. Yeah. And uh, when you're walking, it's uh, easier to get lost along the, or take a different path type of thing. Go for a stroll. Yeah. On this special edition of You Tried What, we actually have a rare first on the podcast where I've been sent a package that I don't know what it contains from Parallel Brothers. Parallel Bros? Parallel Brothers. Clearly a math company. Um, and I'm actually going to unbox it. I, I pre-cut the tape so it would be easier to rip open so it didn't have to sit through me struggling to try and open the box. But, uh, and even then, I still need to cut it. So here we go. Live unboxing Parallel Brothers. 
Let's see it. It could be a t-shirt. I hope it's not a puppy. It's been in transit for a few days. What do you think it is? Uh, I saw pink, so I don't know. I have no idea what this okay. is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It is six jars Jeez. of... What do we have here? Sesame butter. Oh, wow. Beet sesame butter. Pure sesame that's, butter. That's what I got. Oh, snap, man. And and what do we got over here? Smoky sesame butter. Is this just... I, I'm i about to go to Flavortown, I think, is what's going to happen. Do you know what the... I think the... Do you know what it's sometimes called? What sesame butter is called? Uh, tahini. Tahini. Yes. Nailed it. No way. This yeah. is going to make my hummus so good. I, you know what? Now I'm never worried about my girlfriend dumping me because actually I think a hummus is the glue that keeps us together. So this tahini. Oh, man. Let's give it a shake hummus up. This is like the avocado of sauces these days. Like people <laughs> fiend hummus. Okay? Honestly, once you... Once you get it in the blender, or I make it in a, a ninja, and then it just it turns into that delightful, dippable paste. Oh, it's the best thing in the world. All right, I want to try. So wait, which one do you have? You have beet? I have the All beet. All right, we're trying the beet first. All right, we have to we have to try it, and then we we have to get some, some million-dollar marketing ideas in the hopper, Quinn. Only million dollars. Not two million, not 500,000, not a billion. It's pricey. One million? One million dollar marketing ideas. Okay, let's crack this bad boy. Let's beat it. Let's beat it. Better as the oh, French wow. call it. Betterave? La séparation est naturelle. Separation is natural. I like that. And it's even got instructions. You should dip, dollop, drizzle, dress, or as Stodgeball taught us, Dodge. Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the five Ds of, uh, of tahini. Ingredients. Toasted sesame. Sesame. Beet. Contained sesame. <laughs> I like that. And the and you know what? The the protective labels are really on there. I like that. That's a that's a good adhesive. The location for this restaurant is unreal, too. In a very, very cool neighborhood yeah Geary avenue in toronto yeah parallel bros yeah all right okay i'm you know what i'm gonna go purest flavor first and then i'm gonna put it on something i have a i have a an english muffin here and in a rice cake because i'm watching my figure digestive uh, oh a digestive. i don't know if that's the right choice but you know what it's fine go for it let's shall we become parallel brothers ourselves quinn yeah all right here we go Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. A little ASMR in there. That's what that's what tahini tastes like. Mmm. Wow. A little asthma in yeah. this. You can get everything in this podcast. Wow. Oh. The How Did You Get Here podcast, where you can listen and feel the food. Oh, yeah. that's that is delicious. And you know what? The beet is surprisingly subtle. You never know with beet. No one would ever say that. Yeah, it's the first time anyone said that about beet. Yeah. 
I mean, Parallel Bros, you got the beat. You got the beat. Yeah. Tahini butter. You got the beat. <laughs> Potassium, calcium, iron. That's got to be... The beats, the beats pull on its weight in there, probably. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are great beats by Parallel Brothers. Beats by beats by Parallel Brothers. <laughs> All right, we're trying it on the on the rice cake now. I'm gonna go for. Is this a rice cracker? Is that what that typically is? Or puffed wheat? I can't Puff, tell. Oh yeah, this is puff, puffed wheat. Mm-hmm. Definitely that's, not rice. That's Definitely farm. Not. That's farm knowledge right there. Puffed wheat. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, the wheat board's got you. It got you. <laughs> I'm on the tank of big wheat. <laughs> yeah. So is Will Wheaton. Oh. Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton, yes. Former actor. All right. We've tried... We've tried the Parallel Brothers beat Tahini. Beat Heaney, if you will. Tahini beat? Parallel Brothers Genie. What we got a million dollars marketing campaign. What are we doing for Parallel Brothers? I think we. I hope you edit this because I'm gonna have a long pause. Thing you pause it out. You pause it out. I'll rapid fire it. Parallel Brothers. When you're looking for a flavor perpendicular to what you're used to. Parallel Tool. Brothers. Tuh oh wait, we have we have some we have some copy on the jar. A creative companion. I like that. The sesame, a small but mighty seed that packs a savory punch to all your favorite foods. Add to dressings, smoothies, soups, salads, dips. That's the hummus. Or bowls. Visit our site. Yeah, Parallel Brothers. I want to know if they sell falafels with it oh wow like to go i feel like this vegan plant-based i'm all about falafels like i'm falafels cute are, love them love yeah. falafel yeah it's it's yeah. easily my favorite you know shawarma accoutrement it's yeah. uh because i never make it at home i don't know how it's one of those like i you can't hack it you gotta like you gotta know yeah Grandma is the key to like yeah. key, key ingredient to the the, the recipe. Be like well, first, find a Middle Eastern grandma, mm -hmm. get a bunch of chickpeas. My step, yeah, my stepmother's Persian, and some of the things that she makes, I just I can never learn. I'm like, I don't know how to make zitun parvade, but I will eat it all the time. <laughs> yeah, like any of the, and it's always the. It's always the flip side of like it was what people got by on yeah. in the old country that peasant. is now like the like peasant food. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like they're like here's some uh, prosciutto and it's like <laughs> costs a million dollars here, here's but it was like that was what got you through the winter back yeah. hundred years ago. Yeah, pre refrigeration, pre heating. Yeah. Really, yeah. How 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 far we've come. Running parallel to our history. Parallel Brothers. <laughs> the Sesame... Well, does it say... It says Parallel the Sesame Bros. On the top. Yeah, Parallel the Sesame... Oh, they're the, they are the Sesame Bros. 
separation is natural is that related to the parallel like is that because it's side by side i i mean maybe in that the 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 oil from the sesame separates naturally it's it's not only a math pun it's a science pun people parallel bros double duties on their creative viscosity separation mm. yeah yeah re- you you listen to the podcast you learn so much yeah i wonder about shipping for food like for it says refrigerate after opening yeah but i always wonder with like high spoilage foods how do they how are they living in the e-commerce d2c world these days my guess is that given that it's just they're the i commented on the glue seal strong glue seal parallel brothers so with you know the natural oxidization of the product within the container but they might just pump it full of nitrogen first and then seal it that'll probably slow it down for at least i don't know a year to two years of shelf life and then you want your turnover of product in there to to be built in within like six months or a best before probably i think the d2c i think d2c must have cracked that nut parallel brother certainly has they have they've cracked that sesame crack that they've, crack. O- they've opened that sesame <laughs> <laughs> Open Caraway. Wait, what? <laughs> Caraway. That's a good one too. The sesame. Yeah. So a million dollar idea. We. Could, you were saying falafel offs, a veritable Sesame Street. Of... I would falafel off. How could you market? Like, I would have a hummus, like, best hummus contest of some kind. Um, hummus best friend? Hummus best friend. <laughs> find find Hummus's brother, his parallel brother. <laughs> find the brother, yeah. It's like Reese's Pieces. Chocolate and peanut butter. Chocolate and peanut butter. It's also random that, like... Falafel's made of chickpea and hummus is made out of chickpea. So you're dipping chickpea in chickpea. Is there any other food that's like that? Um, uh, uh, fried chicken and eggs. Fried, is that? <laughs> no, that's, that grosses me out so So bad. meta. It's just, it's yeah. the animal and what the comes animal. before the chicken on the egg? The food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is a million dollar idea marketing idea i would go i would take a picture of eating the hummus at each of the meridians or or the the parallels across the across the world like you you're yeah. at the tropic of cancer tropic of capricorn the right at the equator yeah um what are those longitudinal lines latitudinal longitudinal, lines longitudinal like, yeah 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 could be you know ha, ha, tahini at the 49th parallel tahiti tahini at the equator by the way 49th parallel that's the uh that's the dividing line between bc and and oregon or yeah is it oregon washington state i believe washington state washington state there you go little geography lesson in there north of 49 yeah yeah, that makes sense. There's brands that know that better than we do. Yeah. 
Let's fact check. We'll have to. We'll, we'll fact to check. Research. We'll fact yeah. check in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> Parallel Brothers. Sesame. Delicious. No, terrible. How do you? Like, what's the inventory? So, repeat business. They probably go to restaurants, so they would want to market. Would you want to be marketing it to other other restaurants or to other... They, they had giant buckets. They had, like, five kilogram jugs that you could buy of this. Then it's, store. like, Parallel Brothers, the chef's secret weapon. Like... That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, Quinn, we have broken tahini together. We've uh, we've learned about our farm boy roots. Uh, what what are you doing now? I think is uh, what are, what are you doing with community company? Yeah. So I uh, I started a, a agency through COVID. It was a pivot from launching a startup. Uh, an AI DevOps startup. Um, I was going back to what I have always been doing uh, for like the last 10 years, which is um, helping founders get their story out uh, a little bit more. And so I've always organized events. I've always organized speaking engagements. And so I've basically productized that. I have, a, I have an agency that helps founders with their early blog writing and content writing. We help them with their thought leadership. We spin up their, we help them turn their own social media channels like LinkedIn profiles into marketing channels for them. Um, and uh, yeah, we've been making a go of it. It's been pretty fun. That's awesome. Like it, I, I've actually attended one of your content sessions and it was a lot of fun because ultimately it, it you know, at working at a startup, you kind of just got to, Kind of be open to all, not only forms of criticism, but also ways to learn and unlearn things. And one of those things that I'm still trying to like unlearn my current like posting fear. And I need to learn how to like put content out in the world. And I like that you bring that insight from an entrepreneurial background. Like, do you have a like a productivity hack for entrepreneurs that you're just like, this is your go-to? Putting it on the calendar, I think. That's the... Also... One of the best productivity hacks is like getting someone else to do it. Like literally like that. And by that, I mean like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like push stuff to, to folks that you work with, but like, if you want to do something for me, I wanted to get a lot better at project management this year. So I hired a coach and I met with them once a week and they gave me homework and so I paid for my learning. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what I mean by getting like get someone else to do it. Like yeah. if you if you if it's hard, then you might not like it. You might suck at it and try, try, try. You need an accountability buddy. Find that person. Find your person. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I dig I dig that. Then um, do do you have this cat uh, this coach? Did they like do they teach you like what time of day you get your best work done? Like, was it like this whole thing that you learned? Or? <laughs> no, it was way more about, it was literally like, let's break down your project. And they were helping me unlearn things. And I've been unlearning things all year around 
you need to be factoring your account management time into the projects that you're working on, which yeah. was something that I've never, I'm like, oh, the work is the actual building of the thing, not, you know, admin yeah. meeting, weekly meeting. Yeah. And that adds up. I, I just... A lot. That adds up to a lot and it makes it, make you realize that you should probably be pretty selective about the things you choose to work on. Um, no, I, I, I appreciate that immensely. As a former agency accounts person, thank you for speaking to the plight of all agency accounts person billable hours. They're mostly factored as non-billable after the hundredth hour. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. what you did a pivot in the middle of COVID. What drew you towards starting this like what like what was the impetus um i uh i'm just doubling i've been doubling down that's the thing i'm just so i've wanted to prove that i can be a founder related to a particular product and service i've had that in my mind and when I worked on this software startup, this AI startup that I was just like the, the risk tolerance, the beta, whatever you call it, it I, was, I was completely in over my head on this project. And um, it took me quite a while to realize it. And so I just wanted to go back to the drawing board, but also reconnect with the things that I'm passionate about. And what I'm really passionate about is being a bit of a cheerleader or a support person for founders that are doing stuff that's really frontier because mm -hmm. I, I understand it and I, I read a lot about it. Um, and, um, I've, I've gotten to know tons of people in a bunch of different sectors that do interesting things too. And, um, and so I've leaned in and sort of reconnected with, my creativity and like willingness to like basically like monetize my curiosity like that's like uh that's that's sometimes what i say to people a little bit too. it's a dream yeah that's the dream yeah that okay then in line with that uh, you know you, the the stream of curiosity you you've actually found a way to enjoy what you do and learn all the time is there something that you've done or that you've learned that you like stand by that you're an outlier in that regard like just no one agrees with you you're like no this is the way and everybody's just like no you're crazy bro uh oh yeah lots of stuff um <laughs> it's good it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um on some days it's easier than others but i think it's like embracing the chaos like like if you are, um, if you are wanting to taste and try, we, we've tried, we've run events this year. We've like put together different business models for products we want to spin up or within our agency. Ultimately, what we want to do is build a capacity to write content and build content for people mm -hmm. and not only do that for others uh, through a service, but also launch our own products and initiatives. Yeah. And so there's a lot of uh, lag or a lot of like draft and, and to 
us starting something and then kind of discarding it. Um, and so um, I think we're finding a way to make it make it work. Our, our clients and retention has been awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, embracing that messiness, I think, is something that I'd say a lot of people wouldn't agree with. Like a lot of people would be like, focus. Like I, I put this LinkedIn post out yesterday about work hours and flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked, I was like, we need to stop shaming, shaming the nine to five. Um, and with the great resignation through COVID and a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that luxury. Um, you know, they signed up for it to a degree. I'm like, are you nine to five? Are you, you know, 60 hours plus you signed up for this or does it come in waves mm-hmm. and out by like a landslide, everyone's saying it comes in waves and I fully subscribe. I subscribe to that. I think I like that Sur- surfing the entrepreneurial journey, <laughs> get, get ready for the, for the, for the evenings and weekends when they come, um, on, on that, I mean, you you get, you, again, you get so much exposure to, to entrepreneurs and what they're doing. Are there any things you've seen, like any tools that are just indispensable to your job that people should know about? Um, I think this, maybe it's a method. Um, I think replying to messages or emails really quickly like is very underrated like i think being on top of and being responsive is such an easy differentiator that doesn't require a ton of effort Mm -hmm. or it requires dedication but not a lot of skill to do that it makes you stand out and also just um Generally being helpful, I think, and like providing introductions or like networking folks like that's that's super important, too, I think is a, is a great method. Great tool. Yeah, no, I I was uh, listening to a, a, a business coach, um, like a YouTube business coach. And she's just like, even if your quick email is just to say, I've seen your email, I'm getting to it soon. Like, it's just a matter of being like, yeah, I'm on top of that. And then to the other point where you're like, you know, sometimes it's like I can be on top of everything. I'm very dedicated to making sure everything gets done. I really, I really like that. I, again, accounts person resonance. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, you <for> speaking. <laughs> Thank you for sharing in our plight. <laughs> I'd say there's a double edged sword. Like I'd say like, watch out for that scope creep, you know, like the, uh, I, I think digesting with flow through its key, but like one thing I'm learning is being conscientious of what I'm, saying in the responses too because you sometimes want to sit and think about like where you are at what what my uh what my partner says is artifacts it's like think of not just this meeting or a conversation but it's like how do you want the next month to to lay out or to run out and so it's like if you present everything today then it's probably not going to get the right amount of focus. And so you want to save some stuff for next week, um, which is also a really important, important thing to do. I think too. learn, learn how to snooze the email. <laughs> well, Quinn, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Like a lot of great 
key lessons from from a country boy to to a city country mouse to a city mouse, I guess, uh, in the lifestyle comparison. And it has been delightful to uh, to break some tahini with you via Parallel Bros. Thank you for recommending this. Thanks, Parallel. It. Yeah, thanks, Parallel. Yeah, we will expect to be featured on Parallel's podcast in coming weeks when they finally realize <laughs> we were talking about them today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This is the How Did You Get Here podcast, the first podcast solely about the guest and how they got to where they are now.